Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed, and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. These are your commands, decrees, and laws. The Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing into the Jordan to possess. So that you, your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you. So that you may enjoy a long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that you, so that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey. Just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be in your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Verse 20. Moreover, the Lord your God will send... That's the same chapter. No, that's not the same chapter. Sorry, here we go. In the future... Sorry, not my Bible. <laughs> Verse 20, in the future, when your son asks you, what is the meaning and the stipulations and degrees and the laws that the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell him, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent signs and wonders, great and terrible, on Egypt and Pharaoh and a whole household. And he brought us, but he brought us out there to bring us in, to give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God so that we might always prosper and be kept alive, as is the case today. And if we are careful to obey in all these these laws before the Lord our God, he has commanded us that we will be our, that will be our righteousness <clears throat> thank you Neville it seemed fitting on a, a day that we're dedicating a baby and committing to raising that child in the faith to actually share a sermon on how to raise children in the faith um, but I've, I've got to say, I feel a bit intimidated by this task because raising kids is really hard. Like, I, I, is it just me? Or, no, good. All right, thank you. That's from someone who I would consider a very good parent. The, uh, it's tough, isn't it? Keeping them alive is tough, let alone <laughs> trying to instruct or pass on some semblance of faith and the truth of Jesus. And I wonder... Um, how are we doing at that, generally? 
We, um, McCrindle Research is this organisation that it, it does research and statistical research around Christianity. And um, they say 47% of people follow in the family religion, and that's of any religion. So that's pretty good, 47%. That's almost a pass. Um, but they also say that only 20% of them actually live out an active faith or actually go on to do something about the faith that they um, hold to. So that's about 10% uh, from one generation to the next uh, who follow in a living faith, who keep the living faith. That's, uh, that's in Australia. That's about the same as stats in the States. And it's like, how much harder is it in this day and age of screens, of social media, of uh, depression and anxiety and mental health um, crises all over the place? It's tough. And how are we doing passing on the baton? I would say we're doing kind of like uh, this video. Trying our hardest, seeing how we go, thinking we're doing really well. But then as we go, we make mistakes, we stuff things up, we lose focus. Everything's going haywire. By some miracle, sometimes it works. <laughs> Passing on the baton of faith to the next generation is such a key theme in the book of Deuteronomy. <laughs> who, who spelt that? That was me. <laughs> Fiath. Oh, this is going well. I dropped the baton. Yeah, that's right. Thank you for taking that down. Um, it's a key theme. We've been working through the book of Deuteronomy. Hopefully saw, you saw in the weekly email on Instagram a, a bit of a summary video of the first three sermons or two sermons that we did. Deuteronomy is a book where Moses, the leader of Israel, is preaching to God's people to contend with them, to plead with them, to live out their identity as God's chosen people in the land that He's promised them. And a key part of, an essential part of the book of Deuteronomy is the instructions of passing that faith on. It's not just about us. It's about the next generation and the generation after that. Like Deuteronomy 6 verse 2 says, so that you, your children, and their children may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy a good long life. Now, how do we do that? How do we pass on our faith? How do we instruct our children what it means to follow Jesus? And a big part of that is, in the church context, is kids' ministry. And I just want to acknowledge and recognize that I feel like we've got one of the best kids' ministry in Australia. Like Lauren and her team are amazing. And I've told Lauren to, list, to get her team to listen to this sermon so that you can hear this encouragement, kids, men, workers. We love you. Let's give it up for them. Maybe they heard that downstairs. 
But I, I'm so proud, and, and we all should be so thankful for the faithful servants who week in, week out, come and serve and teach our kids about Jesus. And it also happens in youth. We've got an amazing youth ministry and young adults. We've got a great blessing and a great team of a church community that disciples our kids. Now, an important part of that and something we all need to hear is that our kids' ministry team are partners. They're not practitioners. We don't send our kids down into the kids' min, um, area downstairs to outsource discipling our children. That's something that we as parents have the primary responsibility. But we've got partners in, uh, in the church community of people who can teach our kids and do it in a fun and engaging way on a Sunday morning or a Friday night. The primary responsibility for passing on faith is in the family. But we're not alone, like I shared before. You've heard the saying, it takes a, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a church to disciple uh, a young person. And we need kids, church, youth, young adults, ministry to invent and invest and teach or dis- and disciple our our children. Yeah, we've got it. Well done. Knowing how it all works, that was actually very impressive. Um, it starts at home. Now, how do we do that? How can we, as Christian parents, disciple our children? Because that's, again, acknowledging that's really hard. And the, this passage in Deuteronomy, I think, has three really helpful key principles And these are not just principles for discipling children. These are principles to discipling anyone. Passing on and and encouraging faith, growing faith, evangelizing. These are three key principles for any kind of discipling uh, endeavor. But are key particularly for in the family context. So let's, uh, let's go into the first one is to model our faith, to live it out. I asked our kids' pastors, Lauren, Marion, and Sarah, um, what is the most, like, I asked about resources and what, what could we share, and uh, they shared some really helpful stuff, and I'll share one in a bit. But one of the key things they said is that it's not so much about the resources, the apps, the books. The most important thing in passing on our faith to the next generation is living it out ourselves, is sorting ourselves out first as we lead others in the faith. Because what your kids see and hear, your kids assume, right? We, we know this, we recognize. Any parent in here can, can, knows that. So it's something um, our son Noah has been doing a lot recently is um, like something will be happening. He'll be going, come on, come on. And Emily and I have been like, where's he picked that up from? Let's come on. And then, um, then it was one time we were running late for something and, and uh, <laughs> I said, come on, Noah. And it just had that moment of like, oh, that's where he got it from. <laughs> well, our kids see and hear, they assume. And so what, what is required of us, what, what is necessary for us as parents and as people who disciple other people is to live out and obey these commands ourselves. Verse 3 says, Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you 
and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord promised you. These are commands to obey. I'll give you an example to help us think of it. Emily sent me an instruction earlier in the week. Uh, if I could have that next slide. Uh, please put the blue bin out. This is, this is a real example, right? This is something Emily gave me a command or an instruction, maybe not as harsh as command, but gave me an instruction. I received that text message in the morning. And later that day, I went and shared it with, with uh, other staff. We were meeting with the staff team and I shared this. Look at this instruction that my wife gave me. How wise is my wife to remind me to, to take out the bin so that we don't miss bin day? Like what a wise, what a helpful and practical instruction. Like this is so incredibly relevant to my life because I'm someone who our bin is in uh, at the back of the house, but there's a need for the bin to be at the front of the house so that the garbage truck can collect it. Like, what a wise, relevant, applicable instruction. And so then, I, then we go home and we talk about it around the dinner table of how wise mum is for how great this instruction is. Now, is that actually helpful engagement with this instruction? What should have I done? Put the bin out. <laughs> Obey it. I did do it. I did do it. <laughs> That, all that stuff didn't actually happen. I took the bin out. That next message is done. Um, the most important part of passing on our faith is obeying the commands ourselves, living it our, ourselves. And our kids will notice that. We'll see that. And so if, if church, going to church is optional to us, what will our kids see? Well, what will our kids do? If we don't commit to a life group, to church, to, to some sort of faith community, why would we expect our kids to make youth of priority? If, we, if we're not praying with our kids, how can we expect them to know how to pray as they grow? If we're not reading the Bible ourselves in their presence, either together, but even just for ourselves, how will they know that this word is living and active and actually has amazing truth for us to follow? How will they develop a practice like that for themselves? And if we want our children to grow up into kind, compassionate, loving, generous people, how can we expect that if we don't ourselves behave in that way? The most important part of passing on the faith is living it out ourselves living it out ourselves to model to the next generation what it means to follow Jesus. This is challenging stuff, very challenging. The next uh, thing this passage says about uh, passing on faith and the commandments is make it part of everyday life. Moses gives the, the big commandment, the big summary of the commandment Commands in the Old Testament. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So that's God's identity. And then he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your strength. That's the big commandment. That's the summary, to love God. It's not a feeling, it's an action. It's a response. Love God. And he says, these are the commandments that I give you are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. And he gives some really helpful advice of how to do that, instructions of how to do that. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. 
One of the really interesting things, again, like digging into this McCrindle research, and I can share this a bit later if anyone's interested in it. One of the most effective means of um, sharing faith and passing on faith is through conversation. Like we've got to model faith through actions, but we teach faith through talking to our children and to other people. Uh, And uh, the McCrindle Research Paper says, conversations have the greatest influence on prompting Australians to think about spiritual, religious, and metaphysical things. We've got to have regular conversations all the time. Uh, Deuteronomy continues. It says, tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames on your houses and on your gates. This instruction of these these commandments are to be everywhere, to see and live them out everywhere in everyday life. And And I think part of that means like, have them up on as posters behind the toilet door so that you can read and memorize scripture while you're on the loo. Like, as simple and profound as that might be, have faith and faith conversations, talking about Jesus, opening up God's word, praying, part of our everyday life. We have breakfast every day. That's an opportunity to pray together. We have dinner every day. That's an opportunity to have a faith conversation. We all get in the car together to drive off to go to school. There's an opportunity to listen to some worship or to talk about or to pray about the day ahead. We all pick up our kids and drive them home. That's a time to talk about what we're grateful for, for the day that's been. Passing on faith includes making it part of everyday life. Now, there's, there's an app, a resource that uh, I've used a little bit. I certainly haven't used it as much as I could, but I find it really, really helpful called uh, The Parent Queue, and there's a website there, and I'll, I'll share a link on the Facebook page later today. But this is an app that gives, just gives helpful prompts of what you could do every day to have a conversation with your child, and it's also age-specific, so things like what to do with your child at bath time or on the car you know, to school or something like that. It's very, very helpful and it's got other resources. But just that helpful prompt to make faith part of everyday life. Having those conversations, modelling those actions, part of everyday life. A really, really helpful resource to use. The third thing, the third practical Uh, the principle of passing on the faith to the next generation. The first one was modeling faith. The second one was make it part of everyday life. The third thing is we've got to keep the gospel at the center of everything that we do. It's all about who we are, not what we do. I love this last bit in chapter 20. uh, Sorry, verse 20. Um, where in the future it says this scenario where a child comes to the parent asking questions. And like, what a relatable experience for parents, right? Children coming and asking question after question after question after question. Why is this? Why is this? Why is this? And that can get really annoying, right? Like, we'll be honest, like, oh, come on. But there's an amazing opportunity. <laughs> yes, yeah. See? See, that's where you got it from. <laughs> Oh, man. 
Oh, it's tough being a pastor's kid, right? Um, yeah, don't get annoyed. Don't say, come on. Embrace it. Enjoy it. These are important questions. And in this passage, the, the child comes and says, what's the deal? What's, what's the meaning of these stipulations, the decrees and the laws that God has commanded us? Like, why do we follow all these things? And the father or mother doesn't say, because God told us so. And they say, because this will, this will work out well for you if you obey these commands. Or, you know, some legalistic or liberalistic or whatever response. What they respond is with a story. The Exodus story. For the Israelites that we were slaves. We were in a system that was oppressive and legalistic. And we were helpless and hopeless. But God saved us. He delivered us from slavery and oppression in Egypt. And he took us into the promised land that he's given us. And he's made us his treasured possession, his very own people, so that we might live for him. They respond with the story, the Exodus story. Why do we follow these laws and commands? Because God loves us. And he's made us his people. And we, we don't share exactly that same story. We share a greater story. We were enslaved, sinners, broken, helpless, hopeless. In a world we have no idea how to navigate and to live out and to, to find meaning and satisfaction and value. We had no hope of saving ourselves. But God who is rich in love and mercy, made us alive in Christ, has saved us, has taken us and made us his treasured possession, made us his very people, so that we might live out what it means to be his people. The gospel is not about what we do. The gospel is not about what we believe. The gospel is about who we are. We belong to God. And to honour, like to Honor um, Tim Keller, who unfortunately passed away. But what a what a legacy of faith and teaching of passing on faith to the next generation, millions of people. One of the things he says is Christian identity is the only identity where it's given, not earned. The Christian identity is the only uh, religious identity or ideology that's given, where identity who we are is given to us. The power of the gospel rather than earned. And so that is the message we've got to teach our kids. Because there's too many stories of young people walking away from the faith because they think it's too oppressive, it's too legalistic. They, don't, they can't see or know God's love for them. There's too many stories like that. Tim Keller in some other writing, he, he talks about uh, what happens between generations. There's one generation that believes the gospel and that's awesome. And, and with the gospel comes all these social and economical, economic and political benefits and ideologies and, and important things that are good. But this, what's, what we believe is central is the gospel. That's one generation. The next generation assumes the gospel that we're saved, 
we're saved by God's grace and God's grace alone. And that's good, but all this other stuff is really important. And the third generation denies the gospel and makes all these other things the only things, the primary things. There's too many stories just like that. Even within our own community, I was young and old's pastor for two years here, and that's a story I saw again and again. We've got to keep the gospel central. It's not about what we do, it's about who we are. It's about God's amazing, gracious, unending, overwhelming love for us. The sacrifice He made for our sin and our brokenness so that we could be saved, so that we could be His people, so that we could belong to Him. And that's going to be central to everything we do, but especially to our parenting. That's the kind of story to be teaching our kids. That's the story that's taught downstairs. It's a story we've got to teach at home and in the car and at bath, bath time or bath time and in every part of our daily life. That's the story we need to live out, be honest and genuine with our kids and our family members, and those, whoever we might be discipling. We are saved by grace, through faith. It's not from ourselves, but a gift from God. Who we are, our identity is given to us. We don't earn it, it's given to us. And maybe as we finish up, there's a lot of, like I said at the start, there's a lot of pressure talking about parenting. When even I myself, I've barely any idea what we're doing, trying to raise our own kids, trying to teach the kids faith. And even as a pastor, like the pressure that comes of oh, how am I going passing on faith to my children? And the number of stories out there whose pastor's kids have walked away from the faith because their own experience within a church or their own upbringing, or the, the absence of their parents because the parents are caught up with the church. There's a lot of pressure. And all of us here have our own pressures and, and guilt and challenges. There's mistakes we may have made or decisions that probably were a little bit off or just, just like life is just so oppressive and tough. All of us need that reminder of the gospel that we are God's people because of his love and grace towards us, not because of how we raise our children. And our children coming into the faith is not so much about what we do, but what God has done. What God has done in making a way for them to be saved, to come into faith. We all need that reminder every day, every week. And as we keep pressing into that heart of God and His love for us, the more we do that, the more we ourselves will be renewed and revived in our own faith and more and more that will overflow from us into the lives of our children and our family and our friends and, and all those around us. We need that story of God's love at the heart of everything we do, particularly in our parenting. And maybe 
Maybe some of us need that reminder, need that refresher of God's love for you. That before we can sort out what we need to do in raising our children, we need to sort out what's going on in our own hearts. Maybe we're putting too much pressure on ourselves to get things right. Maybe we're just too caught up with life and and the things of the, the gospel and God's love is something that we've just begun to assume is there and that's a good thing rather than embrace and believe. As we begin this last song or a couple of songs, whatever, I wanna provide a space if anyone would like prayer for that of re-embracing the truth of the gospel, the truth of Jesus. I will have our elders, I didn't prepare them for this, but that's all right. Elders uh, can come up around the front, around the sides, or there's prayer at the back. If you wanna be reminded of the gospel or would like prayer for your own parenting and your family, we would love to do that. Because we're all in this together. We've all, like I said, got our own struggles and challenges we all come under the one true God, the great and awesome Heavenly Father who sent His Son to die on a cross so that we ourselves and our sons and daughters might have life and eternal life. So let me pray and then we'll sing and um, uh, yeah, if elders can make their way to the edges of the room and um, at the back there, it'd be great to do. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this book of Deuteronomy. We thank You for Your law. We thank You for saving us and giving us faith that we can trust in You and Your work and that gives us life, gives us eternal life, that breaks us free from ourselves and our sinfulness and our brokenness, that in You and by what You have done, You have made us Your children. And we pray that we would live that out, that we'd be active in our faith. And Lord, it's tough, but we pray for Your Spirit to help us, to guide us, grow in us that sense of obedience, living out Your Word. And Lord, we pray that we we would be good models to our children, that like the Apostle Paul, we can say, follow me as I follow Christ. And Lord, help us to make space for these conversations, to make faith and faith discussions part of everyday life. Lord, help us to think about the practical stuff of like where to put up Bible verses and what to write in our messages to their kids in their lunchboxes, what to talk about in the car road home, car car ride home and whatever else it might be, Lord. Show us, guide us. Help us to share that stuff with each other. It's great to learn from each other. And Lord, at the heart of it, we pray that we would remember that it's not about what we do, it's about who we are, that You have made us Your children, not because we figured it out, not because we thought the right thing or did the right thing, but because You love us and because Jesus died on a cross to pay the penalty we could pay. So Lord, in all this, I pray for those of us who have kids um, who are wandering from the faith, who are struggling with mental health, who um, are just having a really tough time. And Lord, that's hard. And as a church community, our heart breaks. 
along with the parents, for those kids who um, are hurting and struggling and doubting. Lord, we pray for them in Jesus' name that you bring healing, you would bring hope. You would show them yourself and your love for them, that they would know that they don't have to live up to this world's standards of whatever, but that you you love them. They are your child. And Lord, we pray as we um, go out this week, uh, Lord, we, we pray you would go with us in our in every day in our walking, in our running, in our sleeping, in our, at our meal times. Every moment that we interact with our children, we pray you will be there with us. And Lord, we thank you for kids' ministry. We thank you for youth ministry and young adults' ministry. We pr- thank you for the amazing blessing that that is to our church and just how, what an amazing self-sacrificial team we have. Passing on faith, teaching, having fun, developing relationships, showing our kids that it's not about what they do, it's about who they are and teaching them the gospel. We pray a special blessing on our kids' ministry, on our youth ministry, on our young adults' ministry. We thank you for the partnership we have with them in raising our children. And in all this, Lord, we pray that you would be with us, you would help us, you would guide us, and you would be glorified in this generation, in the next generation, in the next generation, in the next and the next, into eternity, Lord, that you would be glorified, that this church would not be one generation away from closing, but generations of growing, of raising up young people to be leaders and uh, missionaries and and pastors and um, evangelists and people of incredible faith in this tough and, and chaotic world. Beacons of light in the darkness. We thank you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people and boldly share the gospel, you can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.